everybody. Welcome back to the 10th episode of One for One. Who can believe we made it all the way to 10? I am I'm blown away. I'm Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, how are you on Monday? Because we didn't record on Sunday. We're recording on Monday. How are you doing? I'm very good. Um, that is substantially affected by the fact that I don't have to deal with daylight savings time. And I understand that you you folk out east do. Um, if you t- open up your door and just kind of listen, point your head to the west and listen, you'll hear a little bit of rumbling. And, and that's us laughing at you in Saskatchewan. Ha ha ha. Because we don't have to deal with daylight savings time. I, I, I hear the same, the same rumbling when the Riders win a game against the Blue Bombers. I can just point my head skyward and look out towards the, towards the sky to Regina, Saskatchewan, and hear, Go Riders, go! I don't, I don't, I'm, it's, it's sad that, uh, being a, a city of Regina resident, I'm going to be spending tax dollars for the rest of my life on a stadium that may never see another game. <laughs> Pour one out for laders. Well, it's going to be the CFL plus the XFL. So you're going to be giving money to the rock. So it's okay. How's that going to work though? Cause Johnny Manziel, didn't he get a lifetime suspension from the CFL? Like if he gets picked up by an XFL team. That's the only way I'm going back. That's the only way I'm going to go back and watch games is if I can see Johnny football out there, rock and roll and dog, dodging, dipping, diving and dodging. What if they get? What if they just become a league full of just problematic players? Like, like, um, uh, <laughs> it's la- it's last chance. You professional. <laughs> it's like the it's like the Riders signed Ray Rice to be their star. Oh no, no! I went right to a dark. I went right to a no dark Ray place. Rice. Ray Rice is Ray Rice and Darius Geis are forever gone. <laughs> oh, Matt, I, I mean Kareem Hunt is dude, in the NFL. I was in a I was in a fantasy football league, not a big deal. And last year at our draft, the guy was like, "Oh, has anyone picked Darius Geis yet?" And nobody fucking said anything. And then um, he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take Darius Geis." And we're like, "Okay." Uh, buddy, we'll we'll give you we'll give you we'll give we'll give you a over. mulligan on that one because it was literally the day after he got forever canceled. Yeah, and 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 you just have to let out like a nice little light exhale of like through the nose. <laughs> no, that one was, of those that, laughs at that, him because he because you know he was just doing it just for gags. No, dude, he was he was a hundred percent serious. This man, this man was about to waste a fifth round oh, pick on no. Darius Geis, and we're like. That's my favorite. Oh. Uh, that's my favorite fantasy oh, football no. draft day horror story. <laughs> this isn't a late round gem, my friend. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is not value, brother. But we're not. Um, a, but Nolan, we're not. A, we're not a football podcast. We're a hockey podcast, specifically an Edmonton Oilers podcast. And what a week it's been, hasn't it? In terms well, of happiness and sadness. You could say, actually, it's been a week and a half worth of happiness and sadness because we didn't touch on this in the last episode. And uh, all of the uh, all of the comments that I get in my dreams were all telling me that uh, we should have touched on Walter Gretzky last time, in which I wanted to. I think we both wanted to. But uh, we just wanted to give a sincere shout-out, thoughts, um, with the entire Gretzky family for the passing of Walter Gretzky. Obviously, hockey's dad... Um, one of the most important Canadians, uh, if probably the last hundred years or so, that might sound like hyperbole, but like the, what Walter Gretzky actually meant to, um, both the NHL as well as like minor league hockey and just kids growing up wanting to play the sport and keeping it popular and really helping developing it. Um, even in the U S too, I mean, you, you always hear these stories about um, about people seeing Walter at games, whether or not it was a, uh, you know, a fucking peewee tournament or something like that, or it might be like a, you know, like a world junior championship, Walter Gretzky was doing something and he was always involved in hockey. So, um, huge, huge, huge shout out to Walter Gretzky and huge shout out to the Gretzky family, Wayne and Keith were on a, uh, sit down with, uh, Jeff Merrick and Jeff Merrick was able to, uh, really, crack everything open and sort of get some good memories. And that, that's probably been the best part about this whole thing is, is seeing um, all the outpouring of support uh, of Walter Gretzky and to the whole Gretzky family, because man, like, I, I don't know about you, but I never saw one bad thing about Walter Gretzky and it's the coolest shit to see because like you, 
anytime someone's either in the news for being good or um, even when they pass, it's like there's always like that. There's always like that one asshole that always has to bring up something bad, and you never get that with Walter Gretzky, and that's really cool. So um, we'll probably wrap it up there, and we won't uh, we won't we won't get into it too much. But the one thing I did want to mention too is that uh, um, Wayne Gretzky's eulogy he gave uh, they kind of showed some highlights. I don't want to say highlights. That makes it sound really bad, but um, they showed some clips on both TSN and uh, Sportsnet and all that. And really, really, really powerful speech. Um, just kind of mentioning, you know, it would be much better if if in the world there were more people like his dad, and that just that just got me. And so, um, once again, thoughts and thoughts go out to the whole Gretzky family, and hopefully, uh, they uh, they pull through this. Um, did you have anything you wanted to say, Miles? No, I think you you hit the nail on the head. Sad, sad, but happy mems, and lived a long, good life, made a positive impact for everybody. And yeah, thoughts and prayers to the Gretzky family. Absolutely, man. Well, um, on a much more positive note, we will go to last week's slate of games. And you know what? Three and one. I think I, I don't know. Did you call three and one? Because I know I said two and two. I said three and one, but I thought we were going to lose one to the Senators. I was I was big on the Senators hype train. Choo choo. Didn't happen. And then the cock knocks ended up taking it so that's a little bit of heartbreak hotel but we're we're dealing with it i'm just happy i got the three and one uh father pickmas gets it again (laughs) yeah and uh, boy the edmonton oilers opened it off with a bang uh this is obviously the most important game of the week um most stuff happened in the very first game which was uh the kyle Turris game as i'm calling it the 3-2 edmonton win over the ottawa senators where for once um Ladies and gentlemen, I I have some I have I have some apologizing to do to Mr. You have a hat to eat. I I have I have a box full of crows to eat um, because Kyle Turris made me look like a darn fool, and uh, basically Kyle Turris told the one for one pod, well Nolan, uh, that <laughs> after the last after the slander on the last episode to basically shove it up my shithole because um, he had an expected goals percentage of 91% and a nice little assist to Leon for a nice little goal and easily his best game of the year. And then he followed it up with being placed on COVID protocol. Isn't that, isn't that just like, the most Kyle Turris thing you could do, just suck wind all year, finally do what, do what everybody wanted, going back to the first episode, finally being the Kyle Turris, maybe not with, yes, Harvey, but still being the Kyle Turris that we wanted, and then he's just like, ah, you know what, I used all of my skill in one game, and I literally gave myself a sickness. <laughs> oh, wow. I was about to make a down with the, re- down with the <laughs> sickness reference, you son of a bitch. But... No, uh, the, yeah, the Oilers outplayed the Sens in that game. And, and that, that's been the story really of all week is, um, good Lord. I, I feel so bad for what the Edmonton Oilers did to the Ottawa Senators. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Because, um, that was not pretty. Um, all in all this week, the Oilers went, let me do the math quickly. The Oilers outscored the Ottawa Senators. 16 to 5. Wow. I am so sorry. (laughs) Uh, Because after only losing 3-2, the Oilers followed that up with um, four more years at 8.5 million per because holy fuck, Leon Dreisaitl is great. What a player. And if you are telling me he's not a top three player in the world, you are on some grass. Like, uh, that. God, is he ever good. All the Palooza players will know because I shared a controversial game day meme. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs logo, and it says uh, Dreisaitl is better than Matthews in it. And I fully believe yes. that. Top top three player in the NHL, top three player in the world, 100%. Um, yeah, it, it's not even close. Well, it's close. Like, dry, dry Seidel, though, is definitely ahead above what people are giving him credit for, uh, specific, specifically in the past two years. Um, back-to-back 50-goal seasons? 
or 49 and 50, something like that. He would he would have been 50 last yeah. year. If back, he played back to back season. 100 point seasons with a Hart Trophy win. Um, definitely, definitely slept on. Everybody knows how good he is, but I don't think hockey writers and, and people in the media are giving him the credit that he deserves. And that contract, man, eight and a half million for what he does. Oh, ooh. I was actually talking to our buddy Jay about this. Shout out, Jay. And uh, we were looking at the highest paid players in the NHL because we were, um, he, was watching the, he, he, he was watching the Leafs game. And he said to me, uh, he was like, man, Tavares making $11 million and the fact that he's not a point per game right now is like not, not very good. So he's looking at the list of the highest paid hockey players. And Jay says, and, and Jay says, where is Leon Dreisaitl? And then I said, oh, he only makes eight and a half million dollars a year. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? It's <laughs> like, I'm not. Man, hockey players are criminally underpaid for what they do. I understand it's league size and revenue and whatnot and all that shit. But like, what's McDavid make? Eleven and a half? Uh, Twelve and a half. Oh, sorry, I'm a whole million dollars away. That's like a bench player salary in the NBA. Yeah, I know it's 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 nuts. Like you, like a like a like a six man of the year. Like I think Jordan Clarkson makes like sixteen or seventeen million dollars, and he's gonna win six man of the year. Mm-hmm. We'll get Which into it. A, we'll get into gnarly. it a little bit later. Ho- hopefully, in the next CBA or whatever, with uh, with some big ESPN dollars, uh, we'll get to see some hockey players make a little bit more cash, a little more star power. Dude, that 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 goal that Leon had on the power play in the seven one game, holy shit! He was he was doing his best Connor McDavid impression, and it's like not even fair. Who fed him the the wheel route pass? I think it was Tyson Barry. I, was that Barry or Nurse? I feel like it might have been. No, it was Barry. It was a hundred percent Barry because there was a a shit posting tweet where it's like Tyson Barry doing exactly what the Oilers wanted him to do, and it was just, <laughs> a, just like a two foot pass to a streaking dry side who takes yeah. it all the way down and absolutely reels one. Beautiful goal. Beautiful goal. Here you go, friend. Yeah. Take yeah. It, it's take, uh, it, take uh, it and go. He's his like his combination of like. Because the weird part is, is that he doesn't even look that fast. If I'm being honest, like, I don't think he looks like he's that fast of a hockey player on the ice, but it's the power. It's the power and like the hands. It's, it's the hand-eye coordination. It's knowing exactly where everybody is on the ice. And it's the fact that he will just bully his way through a, 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 a row of Ottawa senators. He made Mike Riley. Like there's something about... Edmonton Oilers and attacking players with the last name Riley that just does not bode well. Man, there it's it's not surprising because I remember last year at the start of last season, pre-COVID world, um, the NHL Europe uh, posted an Instagram video and it was like Leon Draisaitl training hard to recapture the magic of last year, and he was out there like out in Germany doing just some like incredibly athletic shit. Like he was doing hurdles into sprints and then like picking up uh, like medicine balls and stuff like that. And just, he looked like mock 10, like the guy's a guy's a, a big man. He's an absolute specimen of an athlete. So he definitely puts in the work off the ice to, to get that explosiveness and that core strength that like you're talking about, just a little boy guys off of them. They just bounce off them like rubber balls. Um, he's so strong, so powerful, awesome shot. Have you ever seen his blade? Have you ever paid attention to the, the, the twig that he uses? Yeah. Isn't it like, isn't it like a massive stick? Yeah. He has it's like, like a, I, a, I think a they, I think people have mentioned it's like a paddle. It is a yeah. paddle. It's literally just a, like pretty much a yeah. flat piece of wood and he just gets torque on it. Oh, it's, it, it's kind of similar to, cause doesn't, cause doesn't Crosby play with like little to no curve and it's because he wants to win faceoffs yeah, so that he can, I could be wrong with that, but I feel like that was a thing. No, it's cause like Crosby's that like, he has like little to no curve. Yeah. His draw stance is like, uh, how you take, how you're supposed to take a draw, like an Adam where you're just always like normal hockey stance. He never gets like a backhand over top of it. He's just ready to win forehand, backhand, whichever way he can. And that's part of yeah. the curve. Uh, Getzlaff has a really weird, weird curve. Getzlaff has like a square toe for digging pucks out of like along the boards. It's really, it's really unique. Getzlaff also has a really weird hairline too. Getzlaff's hair looks like your front lawn when your dog pisses on it. <laughs> nice and patchy. Shout out Ryan Getzlaff. Good Regina boy. 
Shout out Ryan Getzlaff. I wouldn't mind if you become an Edmonton Oiler next year for little to no money. For little to no money is the key because that's a big boy, big paid boy. Um, but uh, then the Oilers followed up the 7-1 win with a 6-2 win on Friday. I feel like I, I, I just I just kept on saying like because it, the the like honestly the Senators made it a little bit close for the for the, for the first little bit. And then after that, because Shabbat like Shabbat like tapped one in off of Barry to go in, and then Barry automatically redeemed himself with a two-one goal. And then after that, the onslaught just began. And I just kept on saying to myself, like, please stop, please stop. These men have families, and you're just being incredibly rude to them. Um, it, it's just it, it's unfair. It was absolutely unfair. And. I think Dave Tippett wanted to get this going because he just wanted to load up his top line. And they're like, all right, we're playing the Senators today. Fuck it. Let's go out there, load up our top line, and we'll just see what we can do. And I think it was more of like a confidence booster more than anything um, in which confidence-wise didn't really help going into the next game. Well, I think it did. We'll talk about that. Um, did you have any thoughts on that, on the on the Ottawa series in general? Well, yeah, and we're going to... I hate following up, but we're going to talk about that later. With a, we're going to talk about that later, but I don't want to give up the whole program. Um, yeah, they shit stomp the Senators three games in a row, and they have all season. But like, people need to stop being so mean to Ottawa. Ottawa wins aren't guaranteed anymore. The Oilers just seem to have their number, and we will yeah. do a little bit deeper dive into what the Senators are and, and how they stack up. But for some reason, they just cannot play with the Oilers and. I mean, I like it a lot, but it's just, it's tough to see because I'm big on the Sens. I like their team. I like some of the players on that team a lot. Um, I really like Drake Batherson, man. I do. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a wicked shot on him. And Timmy Strudel, uh, Brady Kachuk, like uh, Thomas Shabbat is really awesome defenseman, awesome defenseman. Um, So yeah, I I don't want to see them get pumped unless it's by the copper and blue. So I'll take that one as a feather in the cap. But I think the writing was on the wall when Connor McDavid scored 10 seconds into the game with the stupidest angled shot of all time. <laughs> I thought he was just trying to wrap it around the boards. Oh, no. Uh, boy band Joey Decord decides that he's going to let that one uh, sneak through. I felt so bad for him, too, because he, like, the goal horn sounds, and you can see him just frantically looking around. He's like, there's no fucking He's like, what, he's like, what the fuck just happened? He hears the horn, and, he's like, and then he's like, no, 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 it couldn't have gone in. And then they hear, that's what he hears in his nightmares, but it's it's you, not Rev Theory. Give me a hell, give me a yeah. Hell yeah. fucking so cool. <laughs> he does. Do you want? I know. I know. I, t- I stole. But I, I will say. Oh, you, you go ahead. You say. You will say. No, I. I no, I was just gonna say. I, I will say that um, that Joey Decor did win last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So let's give him a little round of applause for that. Good job, Joey Decor. Uh, his first NHL win. The Thottawa Senators. Shout out Flamestown Kyle for the name, but I love calling them Thottawa. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, what were you gonna say before I mentioned Joey Decor's first win? Well, I'm taking your Joey Decord uh, joke valor here and saying that like he that, that that's a very boy band's name. Like, I'm imagining him in like, ooh, let's play let's play two, mid 2000 or early 2000s fits. 98 degrees. Yeah, he, like he's got frosted tips. He's got one earring. Um, it's like a Costco, like a Kirkland uh, collared shirt with short sleeves and just a terrible oh, no. pattern. Baggy cargo pants. Um, like puka shell necklace puka shell necklace mm, yeah maybe like an arm tat of like a skull in flames uh maybe like a bit of like spray tan on the face mm-hmm. he has really white teeth and one of like a really long small soul patch oh that's that's a really joey like that's a that's joey a thing to have. joey yeah. yeah oh we're thinking on the same wavelength here i, I, I like yeah. it i like it i like it i like it a lot um <laughs> yeah so i i don't so we, we we played what six games against the Sens? Yeah, I think we're six seven. no against seven. Okay, so what do we have left? Like two more games against them? Yeah, I think it's a nine. Well, we hardly knew thee, but we will see you again, Ottawa Senators, in which the it's Oilers. Been a long day. 
not you, my friend. Uh, we moved on to the Friday game, which was the two-one Saturday game. Loss. You're fucking all over the fuck, place. man. Sorry. The game right after, because yes, Ottawa game was played on Friday. Then the next game was Saturday. Two-one loss to the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Um, but give, give me another yeah. Lost. That that game deserves two yeah. It, it yeah well it deserves two yeah for every fucking yeah Canucks goal. Amen. Nerds. Nerds. Um, but uh, I mean I want to start off by mentioning this. I parlayed lease Oilers with our friend, um, <laughs> Mister Bo. Who's Mister Bo? Mister Bo. J. Juan Bo. <laughs> Um, welcome back to another installment of Nolan's Gambling Corner. I'm your host, Miles Fuchs. With me, as always, is uh, is King 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 Bet Warrior Nolan Schumann. Nolan, how's it going? Oh, it was not a very good night, Miles. <laughs> it was not a very good night. <laughs> it's gonna turn from tell, a gambling corner tell me about to your gambling bets. therapy. <laughs> yeah, tell me your bets, Nolan. I want to hear. I want to laugh at the shit you did. Uh, Jay and I wanted to be, uh, wanted to be on the, on, wanted to be feeling the same vibes. And so we, uh, we both parlayed Leafs Oilers, which was stupid because the the odds weren't even that good. We parlayed Moneyline and it was like plus 175. It was jack shit. We barely won anything. We would have barely won anything. And we both put $25 on it. Like we fucked ourselves over. Then the Toronto Maple Leafs blow their game. Thanks a lot, Toronto. And then after that, while I'm like stressing about this lease game that I know I've lost, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hammer some Oiler props. Even though I told myself at the beginning of the day, you are not putting any props down because they're playing a second game of a back-to-back. Terrible idea. I placed uh, I placed an obscene amount of money on Jujar Kara to score. <laughs> I placed an obscene amount of money on Connor McDavid over two and a half points. I placed an obscene amount of money on and it's, uh, to be honest it's really not that obscene it was like maybe like 15 bucks per um and then i placed some money on dry over a point and a half so all i'm asking for is two points i'm not asking for much and um then uh thatcher demko margaret thatcher demko feels that he wants to come in and uh, uh, uh steal my fucking high so yeah that's great um and uh so yeah we got to play uh got to play a second game of back-to-back versus a goalie that can steal games that's a recipe for success if i tell myself i think the delineating factor here nolan and, and what i'm hearing is that you said i know i shouldn't have and then i chased a loss and doubled down on some prop bets that I told myself I wasn't going to make, but I did it anyway. Um, I'll get a number for you. Uh, have somebody for you to talk to. <laughs> well, on a positive note, the Oilers, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, they dominated the game. They absolutely dominated the game. Um, and the only reason why... The, the Vancouver Canucks one is because of a questionable one nothing goal and Thatcher Demko because both they outshot Vancouver by a lot and then the underlying numbers you go look at the underlying numbers of this game it's stupid just how much the Oilers outplayed the Canucks um I don't know if you're familiar with like um uh, uh, money puck but there's like this website called money puck and they do like uh that's where I get like a lot of my like underlying numbers from and all that and they have this thing called like a deserve or they have a they have a thing called like a deserve to win o meter or deserve to oh I don't fucking know but anyways so um, this meter essentially goes based off of how the team performs and the meter showed that the that the deserve to win was sixty four percent for the Oilers even though they lost. And that's just how much the Oilers outplayed the Canucks. And it's fine. Like they went four and one in their last five. Like it's fine. Um, We'll get to Calgary coming up, but, uh, but overall, like the fourth line was awesome. They had a 93% goals or expected goals percentage. Um, But I think we all want to talk about that one, nothing goal. That one, nothing goal was a crock of crap. I am. I've never seen any so I've been watching hockey for quite a while and I've never seen anything like that where the puck is under people for 10 seconds 
they lose track of the puck, and it was actually 10 seconds. 10 seconds that the referees did not know where the puck was. No, Nolan, he totally knew where the puck was because if he didn't know where the puck was, he would have had to blow the play dead, right? So obviously he has x-ray specs on, and he's able to see through guys' legs, see through bodies on top of a puck, and then the Vancouver Canucks decide that they're going to do their best world's rugby sevens impression and form a fucking mall and take the puck to the net and somebody just happens to shovel it in Bo Horvat coward absolute coward comes in and scores it um if that's if that's a good goal like why can't McDavid just pick the puck up skate in because he's faster than everybody uh and just throw it at Thatcher Demko over his shoulder like fuck it's just it's damn near the same principle like that's that's I don't know. I I don't understand how that call doesn't get made. How that sits in limbo. No, neither do I. And a lot of the and as per fucking usual, all of the the like. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be a guy that cries about the refs because I I try not to be that. I feel like Lee fans do that enough, and I don't want to become one of them. But, um, like. The, the the egregious bullshit that teams get away with on Connor McDavid is outrageous. Like the the hands, um, the interference, like it's it's absurd. It, it's just a, an obnoxious amount of bullshit happening to Connor McDavid. And then there was the whole like um, uh, Chris Versteeg and Kevin Bxa thing where they were kind of going. Well, I wouldn't say they went back and forth. Basically, Chris Versteeg said, "You guys got to start calling more of this shit because it's ridiculous that we have." probably the most talented player to enter this league since Wayne Gretzky and he's not he's not getting the calls that he deserves like he should be leading the NHL in penalties drawn by like the fucking distance between uh Calgary and Edmonton highway 2 like we it should be that long <laughs> and so um and then and, and then uh Kevin Bexel was like oh well um you know if it's uh uh if it's uh, you, you know, you got you got to have to put your hands on these guys, uh, or else they're just gonna keep on scoring. Fucking get better at hockey. I don't know. Like Kevin BX is a mouth breather from way back. He doesn't know anything. Oh um, my god, so frustrating. And you, Chris Versteeg's a Stanley Cup champion, and you aren't Kevin BX. So, so suck, <laughs> suck it. it. Get a better haircut, you loser. Um, but no, I, I I agree with you, and I don't think that that's us being homers, like being fired up about a shitty goal. I think if that shoes on the other foot, like the Vancouver Canucks Twitter is losing their mind. Oh, you want to talk about the worst fans in hockey? If the Vancouver Canucks fans, if that goal happens against the Flames, if that goal happens against any team, you're pissed off. That's just that's just yeah. a bad call. Like, yeah. Bad call. Sorry for off. any sorry for any Canucks fans that are listening. I, I didn't mean that against you. I just meant for uh, Canucks Twitter. No, I meant it against you. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just um, making a joke. It's a joke, dude. But uh, did you have any last minute thoughts on the no, week don't. overall? Go ahead. No, I don't. Well, let's let's move on. <laughs> well, let's let's at least talk about let let's just talk about how we're feeling overall after this week because, um, like I said. Went three and one this week. Pretty good. I like it. I like what I see. Let's keep it up. Um, but you touched upon so this, we were, and I really want to touch upon it now. Sorry, one. I, I do have one more thought. So three and one last. Oh week Oh week my god! Four. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> three and one last week, and then the week before about that, we were one and three. So we're five hundred over the past two weeks. Well, I was I was I on a high, and you just kind of brought me down. Well, it's a, hey, a glass half full, glass half empty. Um, sometimes your glass has juice, and sometimes it's got water. <laughs> and right now, it's it's a little water. It's it's good, but it's not blueberry lemonade. That's for sure. It's like um, it's like when you go to McDonald's and you go to get a root beer, and then uh, the girl hands you the root beer, and the root beer tastes like uh, tastes like. Uh, the bag needs to be changed in the uh, um, for the soda pop dispenser, and um, she says, "No, it's not ready to be changed. I can just exchange it for a different drink." And I say, "Well, no, I want root beer. Um, this is the reason why I came to McDonald's so I could get a fresh Barks root beer." And then she says, "Well, sir, I'm not just going to go back and change the bag um, because the carbonation is low on it. Um, so you're just going to have to." Uh, drink either drink the drink or you're gonna have to get a coke and I'm like well I don't want a coke so um well I guess I'll just drink this uh less than spectacular Barks root beer and she says well 
have a good day, sir. And they say, okay, well, thank you. Has that happened to you before? Because that's... Yeah, it happened to me, like, yeah, last week. Yeah, because I was like, that's, like, oddly specific. <laughs> Let's ride the high. Let's ride the dragon. Uh, three and one last week. Love it. We're pumped. We're coming into a big week against the Flambeys. Uh, who else do we got on deck here in Olizzle? We got Calgary Monday 15th, uh, Calgary Wednesday, March 17th, Winnipeg Thursday, and Winnipeg Saturday. So that's four uh, heavy games, four four oh. sturdy games coming up here. These are these are ma- there's these are like uh, uh, mammoth games. Is what I would call them. Mammoth games, and not to mention that like we're getting two Daryl Sutter games. The last BOA we had was was against a ragtag group of coaches, a thrown together ensemble. <laughs> the A team. The- <laughs> And now we're getting, and now we're getting bigger. Daryl back behind the bench. Um, I don't know why a man in his age is like, yeah, I'm gonna take on a fucking pro bono case here that I'm not getting paid for, essentially, and deal with a, a ragtag group of sandlot kids to play. In Didn't the he get like a three year contract though? Dude, I don't know. I don't care. I, I think th- I think he's already extended for like two years from now. Okay, I need to take that back Which is, because I do I do care. I like Daryl Sutter. And I know as a yeah, make a face. I like Daryl Sutter. He's a he comes from a he's and I'll can Nolan, can I for a second please? No. I like Daryl I like Daryl <laughs> Sutter be, he's a good kid from a good farm. Hard worker. Good Albertan family, grew up on a cattle ranch. Him and all of his brothers played NHL hockey, or most of them played NHL hockey. Um he's got Dude. good years. I wish he was the coach of the Penguins because he looks like a penguin. He does look like a penguin. He looks like yeah. a Batman villain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's gonna bring he's gonna bring some hot hot forechecking uh, intensity to that to that team. Um, so these mammoth games are that much bigger because they've got the uh, added heat of a new coach, new system. Oh, I see what up. you did there. Yeah, a little, yeah, he, a little yeah, flame yeah. Drove. <laughs> So the, these two, these games in the Saddle Dome is like walking into a burning ring of fire. I'll give you one more. Oh, nice. And, uh, <laughs> and then that is followed up with no break going against Winterpeg, a very good Winterpeg team that seems to match up concerningly well against the Oilers. Oh, I'm just, I, I, I'll admit for the first time in a while, pretty scared. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely terrified for this week. But... But what, how do you think they're gonna do? We usually say this for the end of the episode, but I know. But you know, yeah, rules, I guess we'll change up today. Be, rules are meant yeah. to be broken. Um, do you want me to go first while you think? Because you're a lot. I'll say more two out. and two. I'll say okay, two and two. Fuck it, yeah, just give her. Um, I'm gonna say three and one again. Okay. I think we're gonna win both against Winnipeg. And it's going to be two absolute statement games that are going to tell the tale for the rest of the year. They're going to be two big wins for the Oilers, gritty mm-hmm. wins. I'm not saying by a lot of goals, but I think they're going to be two, uh, two gutty wins for the boys. And I think that Big Ear Daryl is going to pull one out here. I like it. I hope this. I hope this. Actually, I hope they go four and zero. Like I said. Yeah, I do. I hope they go four and zero as as whale. But um, could you imagine if they went four and zero and then shot all the way up to the first place in the north, and then we still have to listen to? Well, they haven't actually proved anything because they lost three in a row to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, uh, well, it doesn't count. Can I be a hot take artist for a second? Oh, yeah. And I know Let's this directly it. contradicts what we were saying last week and sucking the sucking the Maple Leaf dink. But uh, I think we're going to start to see the slide. The inevitable Toronto Maple Leaf slide. I don't know what, I don't, I don't have any, any facts or figures behind that, but I just have a feeling. I think that they're a little too comfortable as a team and in thinking how good they are. And I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think you're going to start to see them dip a little bit. I'd like you to be right. I don't know if I totally agree with it just because they, they have like, I think that this is a very much different Leafs team than 
previous years just because of like all the veterans they got on that team and like a guy like tj brody has made the world of difference for them um also i was listening to 31 thoughts today no free ads and uh uh elliot friedman tried to tried to basically cuck me and tell me that uh the leafs are in on um um, tia's at home which i would like not to see that please and thank you the cherry on top thanks david boyle um so I I want to say you're right. I don't know if I can totally get behind it, but I I mean it's not that it's not that hot of a take. Let's just wait and see. Yeah, let's, let's wait, wait and see. see. Um we already touched upon the senators thing, but yeah, um like like we were talking about before, like can we stop with the narrative that like the games against the senators don't count because the Oilers and the Canucks are the only team that have played them. The uh Canucks have only played them 3 times and they've beat uh, Toronto three times and the Flames I think twice. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Um. But it, I mean, Ottawa's not a rollover team. Ottawa's not this like easy like you know cuddly. Oh, we're just gonna lay the slippers to them. See you later. Um. They're 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 a decent enough team and they. It seems like it seems like DJ Smith has them really playing hard and that's really all that matters and that's what you want for a hockey team going into the foreseeable future. I mean, I, I think their future, man, I think they're going to be up like the, the hashtag always trends, uh, uh, pesky sends. Like that's always a thing mm-hmm. that they always have trending. And, um, I, I think that, that that could actually be them in like two or three years. Like they're going to be really, really, really good. And they're going to be a pain in the ass to play against. Oh, for I would sure. be surprised if we see them like, a. And especially with a guy like Tim Stutzla, I think I think he might actually be able to develop his game into like an all-round two-way sort of dynamo style player. Um, you know, if he turns himself into like a, I mean, I don't want to say like a Bergeron because that's like once in a that's a, like a almost once in a generation style player. Would you say like a Kopitar? Uh, he's too small to be Kopitar though. Um, Barkov once again is is a guy that's bigger. I mean, I know that we always I know that people throw this around anytime a player is good defensively, but like a Pavel Datsuk even. Yeah. Like he could like he could very well be Pavel Datsuk. Like he's got the hands for it, he's got the vision, and then if he and and he's got the skating. Like he's an incredible skater. I I would really love to see him work on his two-way game and his shot and just see what that turns into, but um no, they they have a lot of guys on that team that I I really like and I think they're going to be really good going forward. Well, just like you said, like they're not a cuddly rollover team. And w- what did we see Saturday nights or uh, Friday night? Um, Red Wings beat uh, defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning six four. Yeah. So I mean, it's still the NHL. We say that lots. Um, no games are free. If you take a team lying, or if you if you think a team is going to come in and lie down, uh, more often than not, they're going to surprise you. And it might have been a joke at the beginning of the year when it was like, oh, the only teams Ottawa's beat are the Habs, who were really strong at the time, and the Leafs, who were really good at the time, and like, oh, they're never going to win another game. But no, like you said, the only teams they haven't beat are the Canucks and the Oilers. So, yeah, and that's a small sample size with the Canucks. Very well could go the other way. Um, go, Sens, go. Question kind mark. of maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but uh no i uh as as per other things i want to touch on i'll i'll let you take the next point but um i'd like to see the new mcdavid pool rv line be reunited uh just want some balance up and down the lineup i i don't i don't want to go into these games with connor leon again like it's fine for ottawa because you just want to lay the slippers to them and you want to just get you just want to get that confidence up but when it comes to these really good teams i mean as much as I don't want to say Calgary is a good team, Calgary is a good team, and they've got a lot of really good players on that team, and I would much prefer stacking those guys on their own individual lines and having it as like a sort of like a two-headed attack. So, mm-hmm. um, and and because in all reality, McDavid, Drysaddle, that's your nuclear option. Like if you're in a if you're in need for a goal and you just like you're straight up like um, what's the what's like the nuclear like the little nuclear piece that like falls out of like homer simpson's shirt like that's like that's what they are i don't even know dude i don't know uh <laughs> it's from the simpsons intro i know man i'm a bad oh um oh um, there's the, it's like I the did, little, like, piece in, of like nuclear shit i was that, in like, business I'm, i don't know i don't know science <laughs> uh i know what you're talking about um uh, 
And I, I just want to touch on what you said about the Flames not being a bad team. The Flames aren't a bad team. They're an underperforming team. And I think that there's a big yeah. difference there. That's that's exactly what they are. They're just not living up to the snuff, the caliber of a team that, that they should be with the roster that they have. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I would be down to reunite that that Nuge mcdavid Puliarvi line, spread things out a little bit, redistribute the Oilers' forward wealth, as we've, we've always talked about, Socialist Edmonton Oilers. So, yes, let's go. Um, let's do that here in this in this big week where you've got some some deeper teams that we're going to be playing that are going to be playing with with uh, with three or four lines that can roll at any given time, uh, and you've got to match that. So Oilers, hopefully, hopefully Tip's going to break it up a little bit here. I didn't check the lineups for tonight. Um, I'll see if I can get that. It's Dry Settle McDavid again. He's doing it again, hey. Yeah, he's going for it again. Fucking Tip it. Um, <sighs> yeah. I don't. I don't want Nuge as a center anymore. I'm just. I'm just out on it. Like yeah. it's no for. It, like it. It's a no for me, dog. Unless he's playing third line, I don't want him at center. Fair. So just, just, just leave him on the wing. Stop messing with it. It's. It's just not going to work. And resign. Um. Yes, but uh, don't. Don't take the next point, Miles. I do. I was reading an article here. Um, no free ads, so I won't say from where. But it was the whole discussion of like way too soon Tyson Berry talk. Um, now that we are however many games into the season, got a nice sample size of what Tyson Berry brings to this team, uh, how he plays, um, and the type of game that he's playing and the role that he plays. Uh, is Tyson Berry a player the Oilers should consider keeping around on the roster going forward? Uh, I'll give you my initial answer before I tell you, and I'll, then I'll let you take it over. I say no. I would say no too, but I... Th- Okay, so there's a couple ways that this could work, right? Um, so in in a perfect in a perfect world, <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, I I would say no. Um, Evan Bouchard is waiting, and he's waiting with bated breath. And all of the numbers say that Evan Bouchard should be playing, and that he's worth playing, and that uh, yeah, all in all, like play Evan Bouchard because it's silly that he's sitting. Um, now, with that being said. It depends on what you do and what the plan is going forward and what he wants. From all accounts, Tyson Berry is great in the locker room, and that is the, the big thing. Is I want guys that want to be here. I want guys that are happy. I want guys that make everybody happy. There is something so important about culture. The Buffalo Sabres, on paper, do not have the worst team in the NHL. They are the worst team in the NHL because their culture um, – uh, 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 is about as is about as healthy as drinking acid rain. Uh, they're just they're not. It's it's not it's not good there. So, I I, I I'd be okay with it in to a certain extent. Let's say Tyson Berry wants to come back to the Oilers on a I don't know, ballpark. Like, let's say he says, okay, I'll come back for one year at. He'll probably want to raise, but l- l- let's say in a perfect world he wants to come back at one year, three and a half, four, right? But let's just let's just say that if he comes back, they let Adam Larson go, and they have Ethan Bear taking top pairing minutes. They have Evan Bouchard playing that four spot or Tyson Berry playing that four spot, whichever one. I don't I don't really care. Um, then that's fine. I'm okay with that. Just make sure you have three right-handed defensemen in that lineup. I don't want this, like, playing Chris Russell over on the right side. No, I don't want that. So I'd be okay with it, but only in a certain circumstance. Uh, there's the whole thing. I, I know you're not, like, a movie guy, but in, um, in like, Avengers Infinity War, it's like how many of these – or how many possible – or how many realities would it be where we actually beat uh, – where we actually beat Thanos? And it's, like, one in every, like – 87,000 or something like that. And that would be the only time I would sign Tyson Berries if it's like that one in 87,000 time where, where uh, he decides that he wants to take a discount, he wants to stay, and he wants to win a cup here. And because what you need is puck movers. And say what we want to say what we want about Tyson Berry, he moves the puck. But this like trading Ethan Bear and then extending Tyson Berry stuff, no, 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 no. I, I don't want any of that. Um, that should absolutely not be happening. If we're going to do anything and give money to a free agent defenseman, there's a certain somebody that plays in Carolina that's a free agent this summer. 
He probably wants a lot of money, but if he wants to come, do you know, do you know who I'm talking about? Um, are you talking about Douglas? Uh, yes, Mr. Douglas. Yes, Douglas, Douglas Hamilton. Yeah, he, he probably um, doesn't, but I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. But all in all, I would say probably not, um, but I, I could maybe see it. So my issue with the concept of keeping Tyson Berry is that I think I, I agree. I think what I'm, I'm, I'm echoing what you're saying. I think he's going to want too much money to stick around. Um, but there's a young core of defensemen that are coming in that I don't want to. And as important as like NHL ready defensemen are in the NHL, it's, it's huge. It's hugely important. But you need to have, and you're seeing it right now, where if there's a log of guys where minutes are getting eaten up as, as bad as they do with NHL defensemen, that you don't give them the opportunity to play and the opportunity to develop. And we're seeing that happen with Bouchard right now. And we've, yeah. got, Bro, we've got Broberg coming up. We've got uh, Samurukov. How do you pronounce it? He's Russian. Samurukov. Samurukov. I always fuck it up. Um, not to say that you know he's going to step in and play NHL minutes right away next year, or that Broberg's going to step in right away next year and play NHL minutes, but there's still the huge question mark around Oscar Clefbaum. What's going to happen with him? If his shoulder's going to be ready, I think he had surgery this week or is about to have surgery this week. Yeah, so that, yeah something like that. that it's like this week time, or next. That puts his timetable to return like back to playing hockey in October next year, which is right around the start of the season. So there needs to be a contingency plan around um, this decor moving forward, but I just think for like guys like Lagason and Bear and Jones and Bouchard, uh, there there's going to be big minutes that are going to get eaten up there by Tyson Berry. And Tyson Berry is one of those players where it seems like the coaches are never happy. Like at the start of the year, if we had a crystal ball and everything was going to work out the way that we wanted it to, he was likely a third pairing guy. And Tyson yeah. Berry, Tyson Berry just always seems to be a guy that you have slotted in in the third pairing that ends up getting top two pairing minutes and takes yeah. it away takes away from other guys so in that sense no i don't think we should keep him around especially with that dollar amount but everything gets fucked up as soon as you start talking about the expansion draft and who we're going to leave vulnerable and who we're going to lose or who we should trade before the trade deadline so that we don't have to give them up for the expansion draft but then is clef going to be healthy i don't know so as much as I want to say no, don't keep Tyson Berry, there's so many question marks around the Oilers' blue line going forward that you're tempted to maybe want to keep a guy like Tyson yeah. Berry that wants to be there, right? Because wanting to be there is such a big portion of it um, yeah. that maybe you, maybe you do roll the, roll the dice and keep and a guy And to be fair, I'm year. only saying one year. I'm not saying yeah. like a multi-year no. extension. And he's, that's, not that's three, the... he's not getting three years. No, he's no, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, at the end of the day, if I could see Tyson Berry go and get himself like, you know, I'd love to see him go and get seven years at eight and a half million dollars by the Buffalo Sabres or something like that. I'd be OK with. Well, no, I, I don't want I don't want that to happen to Buffalo. That, that's really mean. I'm sorry, Buffalo. I don't want um, that to happen to Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> go Vancouver. There you go. It, it's, no. it's 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 nice there. And. But he wouldn't be very good. That's so, stop, stop, stop. Okay, stop I'll what stop. you're saying. Well, stop what you're saying. <laughs> stop with that rubbish. That rubbish. <laughs> um, so the the game's on shortly. But you know what? We're here for the pod. We're doing this. Um, I wanted to just touch on some NHL stuff before we uh, before we get out of here today. ESPN is back, baby. Let's go. Uh, the NHL has agreed or has come to an agreement with T or with ESPN on a seven year extension or on a seven year contract to, uh, put NHL back on ESPN, which means that there's going to be, uh, I, I don't have all the, all the, uh, all the info in front of me. Basically they're getting four out of seven Stanley cup finals for the next seven years, which is awesome. And that's going to be on ABC. Like that's, that's huge coverage. And in addition to that, um, they're going to have a bunch of games that are going to be on ESPN+. Plus. They're really trying to push that, that, that streaming service. And I think what they're doing is they're buying the NHL TV rights in the U.S., so they're going to try and push all that to streaming. Um, 
as much as it kind of seems like it's like a niche thing that a lot of people aren't excited about, I, I like that because we're kind of moving towards that era of, you know, like that whole era of streaming and stuff like that. So I'm okay with it, but there's so much, there's so, so, so much that comes with this. Um, and this, like, the future of hockey in pop culture could be massive. Um, just by having it on ESPN, just by having that slight possibility that like Stephen A. Smith talks about it on first take. And by the way, I got to mention that awesome video of that, like Stephen A. Smith, five things I know about hockey video. I love it. I love it so much. I I want, even if hockey is like that niche sport that's on ESPN that they don't really talk about a whole lot, but they kind of like allude to it. All that matters is somebody's talking about hockey. It's better to like mention it, even if they're joking about it, than ignore it, right? And um, I'm yeah, I'm so excited, man. It's uh, like even if it doesn't get the coverage of the NBA or the NFL, it's just about putting them out there and seeing ads for like a Knights Sharks game during a during an ABC broadcast of like Lakers Nets. It's just I, I want hockey to be fun. I want the ESPN marketing team behind the NHL. That's another big thing I want to see. I don't want to see the NHL being run by the same guys that they have right now. I'd rather see the smart, forward-thinking ESPN people really working on it, and I think this could be massive for not... I mean, I know we're talking about an American TV deal, but this could be huge for the the sport of hockey and the pop cultural lexicon more than anything. Oh, 100%. And it is a fantastic product. I think all hockey fans would agree. People that watch hockey for the first time are always blown away by how fast it is and how physical it is and how entertaining it is. They're like, how did I live my whole life not watching this? And it, it's, it should be more than just your local southern market making a cup run that gets people into it. And just like you said, seeing those advertisements during primetime basketball or primetime football games maybe gets people clicking over. They get to see a highlight real goal. You're like, oh shit, that's wicked. Um, Stephen A makes a comment about Connor McDavid going end to end and burying one, and it's funny and it goes viral. Um, and just like you said, the g- very good point about having fresh minds behind driving the the game, and especially from ESPN, the brain trust there is fantastic. They hire very good candidates. I imagine I don't know HR practices that they have, but uh, <laughs> at least they're gonna have more new fresh minds driving the game. And that's just great. Makes me very happy. I'm you, I'm I'm so excited. Do you know what um, else makes me happy, Nolan? What's that? Jordan Bennington signing a six million dollar six year deal with the St. Yes. Louis Blues. Yes. Let's go. You know what Dark Armstrong was saying? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing because he was tied up with a gag ball. No, Doug Armstrong looked everyone in the face and said, Do I look scared? We are a long way removed from do I look scared, Jordan Bennington. <laughs> Jordan Bennington looks scared right now. Like, he is a, such a bitch. Dude, he's just going to follow this up with, like, multiple games where he allows, like, four goals on, like, on, like oh, eight yeah. shots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pay um, him back. Pay him back, buddy. Um, yeah. The, the, only thing yeah, worse yeah. Than, the only thing worse than Jordan Bennington is the tightness of pants that he, suit pants that he wears. He's got awful swag. Oh, it's I, just, it's, I hate the way it's, I I don't I, I love Jordan Bennington first year in St. Louis because he was electric he was good he was cocky you're like oh yeah this is it and then this last guy's sick. year yeah you're like because that's going back to what we were saying about ESPN it's a marketable young guy who's being successful and getting people talking that would have been a perfect time yeah. to to jump on and the like an underdog story people exactly. love the underdog story yeah exactly and how did he follow it up last year not very freaking well brother uh what does he do this year for his encore performance <laughs> try, and, try and fight eric carlson and devin dubnik i've become so dumb <laughs> i can't bear you there um, jordan bennington six by six awful never pay goalies former goalie i can say that never pay goalies <laughs> Because it's just going to bite I think you in Jonathan Quick. I think Jonathan Quick still has like three years left on his contract. And Dude, he got his contract the year they won their first cup. Pay goalies. Yikes. Pay goalies very fair for very short contracts and keep making them earn it. 
and I know that that's the worst thing to say, <laughs> but my goodness, Sergey Bobrovsky, Jordan Bennington, um, Carey Price's deal is kind of looking yucky. I don't know what Connor Hellebuck's got for a deal, oh. but Connor Hellebuck's gonna, if Connor Hellebuck's well, Connor Hellebuck's got a steal yeah, for how Co- much? Connor longer? Hellebuck is like on like a six by six. Oh, really? he's on like the Jordan Biddington deal, but he's like he actually had the resume to back it up. Actually performing, yeah, interesting. Oh, that works sometimes. Um, other great news: our favorite Russian bread man, Artemi Panarin, is back. Give me a Let's hell. Let's go, baby. Give me a hell. Give me a yeah. Give- Putin, you can't stop the boy. Give me a kick up in the air. You can't stop the boy. Breadman is out there. Um, quick rising yeast. I'm excited to see him put some pucks in the back of that. I love Artemi Panarin. So stoked that he's back in the lineup. Hell yeah. I'm so happy he's back. I, 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 I hope everything is working out for him and his family. And uh, yeah, Russia's, uh, Russia's just full of full of fun surprises, hey? Um Oh my! That's a fucking terrible segue. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna skip that one. We're gonna come back to it. Uh, We actually, we actually, we actually. uh, Okay, we're gonna come back to it because I have to bring something up when we come back to it. Daryl Sutter today gave a press conference before the Oilers game and said that Connor McDavid is the best player in the NHL. You're damn right, Daryl. Thank you very much. But seriously, why are we still having this conversation? Why is this still even newsworthy? Like, yeah, because your rival said that the captain of the other team is the best player in the world. He's right. It's not wrong. Yeah, it's just it's it's because they they want freaking uh, 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 O dog haze and fucking noodles to talk about it on TSN Overdrive. Noodles. <laughs> I that every time like they have they have ads for it in like um like bus shelters in toronto and every time i see one i see like o-dog and noodles above their heads and like that is the worst i don't like that stop trying to make betch happen gretchen it's never gonna happen (laughs) stop trying to make noodles happen jamie it's not gonna happen um yeah, I, I I don't know why it is. I think it's just I think it's just a conversation to have. It's stupid. We I don't I don't know why people give into it. It's kind of like the whole, oh, Toronto's the best team in the league, and then it's like they go on a skid, and it's like oh, Toronto's not what we expected, and then it's like oh, never mind. Uh, uh, uh Toronto is actually a tr- Toronto's actually a monster again. So I don't I don't fucking know. I I, I really don't know at this point. More noodles, please. Sean Monahan. <laughs> First player from the draft class of 2013 to hit the 200 goal mark. Suck it, second best Nate McKinnon. That's what you get. Currently, Sean Monahan is at 201 goals, and Nathan McKinnon is at 196. I think that's. Why are we what... celebrating Sean Monahan on this podcast? I just think it's really funny that he's the first. <laughs> he's the first guy in that draft class. I actually thought goals. that was a typo when I first saw that. I was like, no. That's not true. No, I and then I forgot not. that Nathan McKinnon had a like bust. Well, not a bust, but disappointment. Like first five seasons in, in this league, and then all of a sudden he decides, oh yeah, I'm gonna score like I'm gonna have like 96 points. Yes. Oh okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Nathan. He stopped going on Mr. D and started tra- in the off season. Started training with Sidney Crosby. That was probably a wise career move. Uh, got a couple of pretty interesting uh, NHL records that are going to be broken right away. Uh, one that I think is very interesting is Patrick Marlowe being eight games away from tying former Edmonton Oiler Mark Messier for second all-time in career games played. And that only puts him 19 games away from tying Mr. Hockey, Gordie Howe, at the most games played in an I NHL I did not career. realize he was that close. That's nuts. That's absolutely crazy. Because I remember being a kid and hearing about Gordie Howe and like, oh, he played till he was 100 and like... <laughs> all these games, like all these games he played with his sons, blah blah blah. Like Patrick Marlowe has been in the league since I was a hockey fan. I've always remembered hearing Patrick Marlowe's name on the Sharks and watching him out there. It's just crazy to see the longevity that this man has had. He's not even that old too, no. which is really crazy. He's like forty one maybe. He's an I think. Iron I man. He plays a lot yeah. of games. He doesn't miss games. He's yeah. he's tough tough Saskatchewan boy. From Android to Scared. Android to Saskatchewan. He likes right. Oh, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We cheer for that Patrick Marlowe. He's a, he's a really good hockey player. He likes sitting on the bus to go to school for three hours one way. <laughs> making hay in the summer. 
and kicking ass. Shout Listen out to Dirk Bentley. Listening to Dirk Bentley. Hell yeah. Drunk on a plane. Uh, Another really cool record we got coming up is the Le Flower, Marc-Andre Fleury, being five wins away from tying uh, Eddie the Eagle, Ed Balfour, guy likes a couple drinks, for fourth place all-time in wins. <laughs> oh my god, Miles, Jesus Christ. Did you see the video of Ed Bell for like last year forcibly removed from a hotel bar because he was like pulling oh the God. curtains down? He's from Carmen, Manitoba. There's only two things to do there, farm and drink. He's been practicing for this his whole life. Could you imagine the 99 stars like Stanley Cup celebration? Oh my <laughs> Brett Hall, Ed Balfour. Oh my god, that's a couple absolute piss tanks. <laughs> oh my god. So Flurry's five wins away from tying Balfour for fourth place all time. He's ten wins away from passing Luongo for third. Uh at uh, and then he's got at 489. Ooh, next up is Patrick Watt, 551. And then the, I'm going to say, untouchable Marty Berger oh, at 691. Oh, Marty. But, I, don't think, I don't think anyone's going to catch Marty for the, no, for the rest I was, of the time. I was reading an article about how insane Martin Berger's career was and how, like, no one's ever going to touch it. Martin Berger played 67-plus games for at minimum for, I want to say, eight straight seasons. He was the starting goaltender in New Jersey. He was the starting goaltender in New Jersey playing the majority of their games from 19 until 41. Nobody. That's insane. No goalie comes in and and is at like 19. That's freaking insane. Three straight years or three years of those eight that I mentioned where he played 70 games. Yeah, and then there are like he has like multiple like forty four win seasons. Yeah, Martin. That's no, fucked. Uh, Martin Broder, Most teams wish they get forty four wins in a season. <laughs> Martin Broder is on a whole nother level, but it's very cool. Another guy I grew up idolizing, watching my whole hockey fandom of Marc Andre Fleury. I used to have a cutout from the Hockey News uh, uh, magazine in my locker of him with the yellow pads. So very. Dude. Mark Andre Fleury, it, like, not even a debate. Like the goat of soul patches. <laughs> he does. Have he a very, is the he, soul patch goat. He has a pop punk aesthetic that is unrivaled. Like the long hair, the long flowy hair, and he's hair. cute with like he, the big fucking teeth on him. He's mm-hmm. got these chompers. So love Mark Andre Fleury. Love Mark Andre Fleury. Very cool that he is likely going to be passing Balfour and Luongo right away. Um, putting him third all time, kind of cementing his Hockey Hall of Fame status. Say what you want about the two cups that Matt Murray won. Um, Marc Andre Fleury is a fantastic goaltender, and it's awesome to see him have the career that he's had. Um, okay. Uh, I, I want to touch upon the, the thing that we said we were going to come back to. Um, so. I know we brought them up a little while ago. Um, Buffalo Sabres. I'm so sorry. Um, so the reason why I was excited for you to bring them up is because uh, I was going to say, if you want a good automatic bet lately is uh, uh, Buffalo Sabres, or the team that's playing the Buffalo Sabres puck line, because you can typically get really good odds. Um, I, I got, I, I, but I went, I went two and a half goals on for the caps tonight so for the caps to beat them by three goals and the the washington capitals are currently up six nothing i'm so sorry buffalo (laughs) sam reinhardt's a minus four rasmus dalin's a minus three that's that sucks man that sucks I feel bad for some of those guys. Some of those young guys. And Jack guys. Eichel is 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 on the shelf for however long. They have no idea. Like, oh. Taylor Hall. Rasmus Dahlin. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Hall, what were you thinking, fella? 
you could have came home. Oh, Who says God. you can't go home? <laughs> Who says you can't go back? Um, yeah. Did you have any last things you want to touch upon, Miles? We're uh, midway through the first. One more thing I want to say, and it's a sad thing. Uh, player in the Russian Junior League, the MHL, 19-year-old uh, Timur Fezdenov, the captain of Dynamo St. Petersburg, took a hard dump into the face, uh, got a puck directly in the side of the cheek. Um, he's currently uh, on life support in a hospital in Russia. Very, very scary, very touch and go. They're afraid to airlift him to Moscow because they don't know if he's in stable enough condition. Um, it's a very like air pressure. And yeah, all. it's yeah. a very scary reminder of how dangerous hockey can be, how great of a game it is, but how how scary it is and how these guys are putting themselves on the line every day. So definitely thinking of, of him over there in Russia and hoping that uh, he pulls through and that everything works out for him. Um, young guy playing in a league that's good hockey got a bright future and yeah thoughts and prayers are definitely with him there absolutely that's 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 so sad to see um well i i yeah hope ho- hopefully he can pull through where uh we're uh even though we even though even though we don't really cover like the khl and the and, and all of it and any of its minor leagues or anything like that we like to say that we're a hockey podcast and um we yeah our thoughts are i thoughts are with timur and his family and also the team too, because they're losing their captain right now. So, but all in all, I think that wraps it up. We are midway through the first. Let's uh, quickly check the score. I got zero zero. I got zero zero two shots. Three to two Oilers. I got five. So lots of faceoffs. Never mind. I'm drunk. I'm gonna have to uh, throw on the old jersey, and uh, hopefully this all goes well. All in all, thank you everybody for listening. Miles, did you have any last? Or well, actually, we should probably mention. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram on Twitter at one for one pod and on Instagram at one underscore four underscore one pod. And Miles, did you have any last thoughts? Keep getting those Palooza picks in big update coming tonight. It's a tight race after three uh, days not being added. Somebody fucking kick me uh, from the weekend. So look for those updates to be coming. Keep getting your picks in for that limited uh, one of one, one for one hoodie coming your way. Other than that, thanks for listening to the past 10 episodes. Um, We're looking forward to doing 10 more, maybe a couple after that as well. It's a blast. We appreciate everybody and your support. And as always, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go.